lowering interest lowering rates. Lowering interest rates. Cannot stop. Cannot stop. The sharp drop in economic activity. Caused by closures. And other forms of social distancing. When the world changes. You know what to do. This, this is, is Money Talks. All right, we're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon with Michael Griffin and Jennifer Thomas. Uh, all right, well, uh, we do have a uh, situation we want to talk about today. And this, um, believe it or not, comes from our good friend Bill Murray, who uh, who wrote us. He's He's been... Uh, a friend of the show for a long time, and we're appreciative of that. Uh, he says, back in the 90s on WGST, that was a long time ago, uh, Dr. Gene taught us uh, to dollar cost average into the Vanguard Index Trust 500. Uh, I'm very happy that I followed his advice. 30 years later, I'm contemplating withdrawals from a Vanguard brokerage account, a traditional IRA, and a Roth IRA, so he's diversified pretty well. Um, all three of them are invested in diversified equity mutual funds. In what order should one tap his funds? Please comment on good exit strategies for senior citizens. Bill, are you really a senior citizen? I mean, I, I surely you're a, a young, vibrant guy. Um, don't don't be so harsh on yourself. Uh, leaving an inheritance for the next generation is not a prime objective. So. Uh, um, I don't pretend to know anybody's situation, but it is a great uh, question, right? So you got taxable, you've got a traditional IRA, which is go, the money goes in pre-tax, right? You don't you get taxed. To, and then you have to take that out at, at 72. You have to start taking required minimum distributions. Right. So, so, Bill, the first thing I'd say to you is if you are 72, then, you know, that would be the first place I would start and take your required minimum distribution yeah it's a regulation that you must follow except last year. except last year and and this new administration hasn't hasn't said anything about you know extending that to this year right yeah um, so we assume it's we're back to normal right we, we do at this point i mean i've gotten a lot of client questions about that not to digress off off this topic but a lot of people have asked about that so far nothing with that so okay start there um, you know, and then um, and you do that because you're absolutely required to take that. Right. So, you know, that's why that we want that to be the first place. But if you're not 72 yet, then where would you take it from? Definitely would start with the the taxable account, the the brokerage right. account. Um, start there. And we hope that you have, you know, some of this money set aside in, in fixed income. And uh, you, like you said, you've listened to the show for a long time, so you know our 10-year rule philosophy and know that we think that any money that you need to spend within the next 10 years needs to be in fixed income investments. Um, so we're hoping that you're, you know, taking from that uh, bucket um, and, you know, not having to, to sell any stock to do this. Um, you know, the Roth is the last place that we would uh, advise you to take it. Uh, you know, that that's not going to be taxed to you at all. It, it continues to grow tax-free um, without without any issue. But, um, you know... And, one thing that I'll go just ahead, mention, uh, not to cut you off no. there, but one of the things that he really pointed out is leaving an inheritance for the next generation is not a prime objective. So... Well, the normal way that we would pull money is that you pull money from the taxable first until you reach 
your the age of where when you have to take a required minimum distribution. Then you're going to take it from the IRA first, and then if you needed more money, you would supplement it from the taxable account. And the last place, as Michael mentioned, would be that you take it from the Roth. But if he if he's not trying to leave. any money for the next generation, he could, after his required minimum distribution, look at his tax bracket and see if I took, you know, if he needed additional money, maybe pulling a portion from the taxable, but then pulling another portion from the Roth would keep him in a lower tax Mm -hmm. bracket. So he could kind of play around with that a little bit. So is Um, is there a theory behind why we would use the taxable first? Is it... Well, you... The money in the retirement accounts is growing tax-free, okay. so we typically leave that in there as long as possible. I see, just to let it grow without the burden of tax. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And one of the main reasons for the Roth is that you're leaving it for your heirs, and they wouldn't have to pay tax on it when they made the withdrawal. Gotcha. Correct. But if you don't want to leave it to any heirs, um, I, I can certainly tell you how to spell my name or, uh, <laughs> you know, take a, take a little bit from, from each account, making sure that you satisfy the, the required minimum distribution. This is the part the of the show thing. that uh, Michael is now using to um, fund his child's education. Hey, his, you know what? His soon-to-be first daughter's education. Got to do it somehow, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, One other thing I would mention is that if you're if the goal really is, you know, um, you know, one of, you know, a lot of people want to pass away and uh, and have like an owe a dollar at the end. You know, they want to make sure that they've spent everything. The last check bounces concept. If your goal is really to try to, if his goal is really to try to spend as much of the money as possible, he might want to have a set of financial plans run to kind of give him an idea of, you know, whether his funds based on what he's currently spending are going to be, are are they going to last through his life expectancy or are they going to continue to grow and where he could actually be using more money right now if he wanted to. Uh, absolutely, um, absolutely. We, we run our plans to show our clients spending what they tell us they spend, and then it also has a max spending number, and that's kind of what Jennifer's alluding to. So, you know, if he had a financial plan run, you know, and it could show, well, you're spending $50,000 a year, but you can actually spend 100 And if he really doesn't want to leave any money uh, to, to his heirs or to anyone else uh, at his passing, then maybe he should start spending 100 Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and, because if if you're really spending fifty and you can spend a hundred, that that not that one hundred number is just just going to continue to grow mm-hmm. because you're not depleting any assets. They're growing faster than you can spend them. I got you. You guys usually run that projection out to like the age of ninety two. Is that correct? We we do, yeah. and then and then yeah. if 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 we need to, we we also extend it out. You know, to sometimes possibly a hundred, depending on the age of of the client. Yeah, and probably their wishes on the projection. Absolutely. Right? Uh, so guys, we were talking about the situation with Bill Murray. Um, he mentions in here something. He's he's got a well diversified portfolio, but he's also got three different accounts. He's got a 
uh, a brokerage account, which is taxable, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. Does he need that many accounts? Is there some reason why? No, it's a, it's a great thing to have. I mean, it definitely gives him different vehicles to pull from. Uh, with the money being in the traditional IRA, as we've said, that has to be pulled out at 72 uh, now. And with having the other money in other places, it may actually help him only, you know, he'll only have to pull the minimum distribution out of that account. That could okay. be a smaller amount because that's going to be taxed to him at ordinary income rates when he pulls it okay. out at 72. So it generates income for you just as it if does. your job. Correct. It's almost like getting a, a paycheck that okay. the government's making you take out of your retirement account. Okay. Well, it's taxed in the same way, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then the Roth, you, you don't have to pay any taxes on, on right. that. So, you know, if he had a lot of money in the Roth, he could supplement his income by pulling uh, from that account, and that wouldn't have a, a tax impact on him. And then, the obviously, the taxable account, uh, that money, you can pull that in and out, you know, but if you sell stocks in there, you do have to pay capital gains tax on the uh, any gain associated with the stock in right. that portfolio. Right. And there's been some rumors that we might see a change in the way that uh, capital gains are taxed at some point. We keep hearing that. Yeah. I keep getting a lot of questions about that, but until it happens, we yeah. don't really know. Right. All right. Well, and, you know, and, and even if it changes now, which it has changed in the past, you know, then it can change again. But we're always looking at whatever the current tax law is. And But, you know, currently, if you have losses, you can offset gains with losses. So you can you can use a strategy where you're selling a stock while it's down uh, to offset some of your gains, wait 31 days, then buy it back. Um, that, you know, would take away some of the gains and you could reinvest it into that same stock if you uh, mm-hmm. continued to want to hold it. Um, but it just, having the different accounts gives you the flexibility based on whatever the current laws are at the time or your current situation and whether or not it's going to put you into a higher tax bracket if you do something. Just having that diversification between accounts just gives you that flexibility of being able to take advantage of whatever is best for you at that time. Jennifer, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it also brings another thought. Uh, Bill, in this case, has used mutual funds for his investment vehicle so that he's buying basically a portfolio of, of stocks. And we know last year that the S&P 500 was up. You know, mm-hmm. it was up 18.4%. But there were lots and lots of individual stocks that actually were negative. Down. but So if you've got the mutual fund and the overall return is positive that's a good thing you won um but it does limit to some degree how much you can manage your tax situation Mm -hmm. and i know we usually use individual securities individual stocks in uh, portfolios basically uh creating a mutual fund per individual account uh you know is probably the better way to to describe that. So you might have a situation, Jennifer, as you mentioned, where you've got a gain for the year, but some of the individual pieces underlying are at a loss. And with that being the case, you could sell off uh, some of the some of the losers to offset the winners that you might have uh, harvested as you rebalanced your account through mm-hmm. the year, right? But, but he might mm-hmm. not have that 
Yeah, it sounds, he it might sounds not, as if he, he doesn't. he might have a right. fund that's down. He could, yeah. You know. And, you know, assuming that you dollar costs averaged in, uh, you can use individual he, tax lots mm-hmm. as right. well. So, you know, don't right. don't just look at the overall picture. Go back and figure out, you know, when you bought these. And there might be some times, especially if it were... You know, if you were selling at the at the bottom, uh, you know, you might have had some some losses that you could have taken uh, during that time to rebalance Absolutely. your portfolio. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a it's a strategy. Like I say, it wasn't something that we had planned to talk about, but it's a, absolutely a legitimate situation mm-hmm. here. Um, and Bill, we would encourage you to to figure that out. Um, Michael, you said something earlier. There's um. A, when when you talk about uh, liquidity or the ten year rule, mm-hmm. uh, how in the world do you put together a ten year rule if you don't have a financial plan? It makes it really difficult, right? It, it would make it very difficult. I mean, you know, because we look at at all of your spending, all of your income, and you know what we project the accounts to grow to, and we take all that into account, and then you know we we show you this is what you need to set aside. For, for 10 years of liquidity. I mean, honestly, that would be very hard to do uh, on your own, on your own, uh, if I could speak properly, uh, you know, because we, you know, we build in, you know, an inflation rate on your spending annually and everything else. I mean, that that's a hard thing to do. You can, I mean, you look, you can say, I spend $50,000 a year, um, you know, and, and, and do the math and have that set aside for 10 years, but you probably don't need that much money because you're going to be getting income off your portfolio, um, you know, social security income, dividends, possibly right? dividend income, social security income. There's other factors that go into, you know, how much you actually need for 10 years of liquidity. So what you're talking about is a, a very complex and complete financial plan. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we would base your, your, uh, the money that you need to set aside in fixed income. If you do it that efficiently, we believe that it probably allows you to help your wealth grow faster instead of just using a rule of thumb mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, everybody's situation is a little bit different. And, uh, you know, if you were making a pension, if you were drawing a pension, you might not need all that much money on a yearly basis, right? Absolutely. Relative to somebody that doesn't have a pension. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why you can't just go, you know, off a certain number. I'm 75 years old. I need to have 50% of my money in the market and 50% of my money out of the market. I mean, that's just not the way it works um, because that might not be the case. You may need more or less depending on, you know, your, your needs. Yeah. Well, um, I think that pretty much wraps that one up. Let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll flesh the rest of this out. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice 
of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.